days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. It's time to talk about the big hosses on the offensive line. Hold on. No, no. We got to talk about that hat first. That hat is glorious. Thank you. It's Appreciate beautiful. That. It represents everything San Francisco, California, and the black that I felt when the Niners lost <laughs> to the Rams in the NFC Championship game. <laughs> now that that's out of the way, Ant, yeah. you're right. It is time to talk about free agent offensive linemen, Ant, free agent offensive linemen, options for the 49ers there, what to do, the resign Lankin. You bring back in Brunskill. What is it going to cost to bring Lincoln Tomlinson back in? Because as you and I both know, for some reason, Ant, his, his number's pretty high. It's almost like he's good. He's reliable. He's always playing and playing at a pretty high level. Yeah. I, I think the one thing we got going for us is uh, Lincoln Tomlinson uh, put the eyeball emojis out when Russell Wilson got traded. So uh, he's still thinking NFC West. That's a, That's the only good news I got for you right now because the bad news is, the rumor is as he hits the open market, his number is going to continue to escalate because there's going to be a bidding war surrounding him. I'm kind of nervous about that because his number has looked like it's going to be eight to nine million dollars, nine being kind of the consensus. But now it's getting to the point where we see some of the top names possibly getting 12, 13 million. If that is the case, Lakin Tomlinson, 10, 11 million dollars seems entirely feasible. I've heard many 49ers, um, you know, personalities talking about the fact that they would pay $10 million to bring back Lakin Tomlinson. I do believe John Lynch wants to bring back Lakin Tomlinson. They want to have a veteran security blanket surrounding Trey Lance, but I am not paying $10 million. I don't know if the 49ers would do it. Um, I think that even they would cringe a little bit at that, but at $10 million, that seems pretty steep price for a, a left guard. You're talking about a cap hit for the left side of your offensive line of over $24 million, pretty close to $25 million with him and Trent Williams. Can you afford to pay a quarter of your offensive and total offensive salary cap to the left side of your offensive line? Some people will say yes. I think a lot of people will say yes. Some people would say no. Other people would say it's a necessity, Ant. And you're kind of iffy on it. Look, I, I would agree with you. I'm in the same boat in terms of the iffiness. $10 million is a lot of dough. A lot of dough there for that for that left guard spot. Um, and it... It's just hard. Alex Kappa's number right now is sitting at about 10.2 going into free agency period. And I think there's going to be a bidding war there for some teams, which may balloon that number up to 12.14. And if it does do that, you're in a really bad spot if you're the Niners because Lincoln could easily get that $10, $10 million number. Here's the problem. I don't think it would stop at 10, though. I think it would get up to 12. And the minute it starts getting close to that 10 range, I'm kind of iffy in terms of you know, I understand if the Niners decide they wouldn't want to do it, just like you're saying, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to pay that. It's a lot of money to, to give a put up, put in at the left guard spot. When again, you have to look at this or try and look at it this anyway, through the lens of the 49ers. That's what we're trying to do through the lens yeah. of the 49ers. Not what I want to do, right? If, if it's me, you just spend all the money. It's not my money, right? It's not my money. You just spend all the money. But if you're a person who's working for that organization, knows what the salary cap is, know what you have to try and do and things of that nature... $10 million is a lot when you got as much as you tied in already with uh, with one Trent Williams there to, to his left. What you're already paying Alex Mack there at the center position and what we know about the 49ers, which is you don't pay guards a lot of money. You don't do it. 
It's the least valuable positions in Kyle Shanahan's scheme and offense. You try and find a way to replace those pieces and those guys. Went from person to Brunskill, and Brunskill did serviceable. And I know how everyone feels about Daniel Brunskill. We'll get to Daniel Brunskill here in a little bit. The Niners just don't typically do this. So if you're talking about that $10 million, $12 million number, it's just not feasible. It's just not something San Francisco is going to do. And if you do decide to do that, if you're the Niners and you pull the trigger on that there and make sure that Trey has the line you, you need, what other pieces are we losing? Because there are some free agents now that the Niners still need to try and re-sign that you're not going to be able to if you do that. Yeah, more than likely if you sign Lincoln Tomlinson to that type of deal, goodbye DJ Jones and goodbye Arden Key. Accurate. You're probably just not going to have the money to bring them back. So it would hurt the defense if you bring back Tomlinson. I get that you need to put a great offensive line or a very good offensive line around Trey Lance. You want to keep him upright. But you literally just drafted Jalen Moore and you drafted Aaron Banks and you expect them you know, to be able to step up. Now, if they haven't developed or they're not that, that is a huge miss for this, you know, department. The scouting department missed on these two guys or the front, you know, or even Kyle Shanahan, depending on who went this way. I think it's a, it's more that. I think it's more the scouting room. I don't think it was Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, I think, I think the reason why, let, let's clarify, the reason yeah. why too you feel that way is he's not a prototypical kind of guy to fit into Kyle Shanahan's system. Aaron Banks is a bigger guy right. who wasn't as mobile, was more power and strength, and yeah, he played in the zone scheme at Notre Dame, but he wasn't doing a lot of second-level blocking and things of that nature that you do at the guard position for the 49ers. No, and, and Kyle doesn't normally draft guys who play guard all the way. Like, he normally drafts more versatile players, like Tom Compton, who played tackle and guard. Mm. Um, so this is something he normally does. That's why Jalen Moore seems like a very prototypical Made you sense. Know, Kyle Shanahan-type move. You get a guy maybe that needs to develop one area or the other, whether it's run game or pass game. Uh, Banks needs to develop the pass game, and then you got you know Jalen Moore needs to develop the run game. So this is one of those things where at which point does the money just become too much? And if it does, are there other options, though, they can be able to go with, whether that's on their football team or not? We know about Banks and Moore. We know that Daniel Brunskill is a possibility. He's, he's a restricted free agent. So they're going to put some sort of a tender on this guy more than likely. If they put a second-round tender... His money's going to look about $3.9 million. Would you be willing to bring in Daniel Brunskill, bring him back for $3.9 million? For one year? Yeah. I mean, he made, he made what, close to a million dollars last year? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and here's the thing, right? I, I'm going to say yes, and people are going to go, well, he's not worth that. Dan Feeney. Dan Feeney for the New York Jets, a, a guy that is on this list and played in a similar scheme, Anton. You know, I wouldn't say the New York Jets had the best O-line in the world, but if you're looking for guys to bring in scheme-wise, you could bring in Dan Feeney. Dan Feeney made $3.5 million last year. Daniel Brunskill making three point nine is right in the wheelhouse of where guys are who have his credentials and things of that nature, who are pretty good in one area, have some moments, right? The bright flashes and where he, you know, literally puts Aaron Donald in his bed and tucks him in under his sheets and kisses his forehead goodnight and is like, you know, I'll, I'll see you next time, okay, AD? We'll see you the next time you're here. We'll do this again. It'll be a lot of fun. And then Aaron Donald has nightmares and then lines up over Lincoln Tomlinson instead every time they play. Now, right, Daniel Brunskill has those moments. $3.9 is not out of the realm of possibility. Do you want to have to pay it? No, you don't, but you need to make sure you have depth. You need to make sure you have pieces, right? And if you believe that Aaron Banks and you believe right, that, that Jalen Moore are going to develop, why not keep Daniel Brunskill around at $3.9 million? It's not a huge number. It's not a huge cap hit there. Um, and you have a guy who's versatile who can play in a bunch of different positions, whether that's center, guard, or tackle. That's why it makes sense. Uh, what you really want is Daniel Brunskill to be your sixth offensive lineman because he can play tackle, guard, and center. So he's got all the versatility you need in case somebody gets hurt. He's your first guy in. I think everyone feels comfortable with him being a backup in that, in that style. 
Um, so I think that's why 3.9 million is not crazy. And that way, if a team did come calling Daniel Brunskill and did value him, you would get a second round pick back. So I think the 49ers might put this tender on him, but they're going to have to worry about the money unless they can get him under contract before that, which is always a possibility as well. So um, this is going to be something to watch, but um, the 49ers, you know, are definitely need to fix this, you know, line. And I think one of the ways, Lakin Tomlinson is one of the ways because that stabilizes it. And then all you have to worry about is right guard or do you? Um, because a lot of people have been bringing up Alex that it's time for them to trade Mike McGlinchey and maybe go with somebody like Morgan Moses, who's out there on the free agent market. Um, Mar Morgan Moses, uh, they so I think Sport Track had him at three years, $27 million, $7.7 million a year. Is that something you would be interested in? Or I've even heard the conversation of maybe kick Mike McGlinchey into guard and play Moses at right tackle. It's an interesting prospect because it does two things for you. Um, bringing him in and kicking McGlinchey inside is a different right it's a different solution to a, a problem that you've been having mike mcglinchy you're worried about him in, in the past game um you're worried about what he can do in that area and in, in that regard and so you move him on the interior there you get him at guard where i think you and i both think he would have a lot of success on the interior there especially we help him in the in the pass blocking apps at, at uh at aspect. oh my goodness gracious thank you so much aspect of the game where it still would allow him to thrive as a run blocker on the interior yeah that's fine Morgan Moses, not a bad addition there. You pay less money at that position. You've now freed up some cap at that spot. Yeah, you got $10.8 million sitting there at right guard, but it's for one year. You can make a decision long-term or short-term, what you're doing with Mike McGlinchey. Maybe you extend him, you're moving him into guard, or maybe you just let the contract play out, and then you worry about the right guard position a year after that, or maybe Aaron Banks has developed enough that you don't have to worry about it down the road. It's an interesting prospect. My only thing is, is that I don't, I don't know if... I don't know if this actually solves any problems because I hate to break it to folks. Did, did Zach Wilson have the best pocket in the world over there with the New York Jets? Was Morgan Moses lighting up the world in pass pro in situations? I don't believe so. There's a reason his market value is 7.7 and the Niners took the fifth year option on Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I don't think it actually changes anything because it makes you question why you would pay $10.8 million for Mike McGlinchey to play guard when you could just pay $10.8 million for Lake and Tomlinson to play guard. Uh, so I think that is one of the reasons that type of situation doesn't make sense. If you're moving on from Mike McGlinchey and going to Moses, you're going to save about $3 million. Um, so is that $3 million, you know, is that going to be worth the change in player? Do you believe that there's a difference between McGlinchey and Moses? Cause I think McGlinchey fits the system better than Moses does. Agreed with you. I think he's a better player. So to me, I wouldn't make that move, but because it's being talked about, um, we definitely needed to discuss whether, you know, he was one of those players they would bring in. I don't think they bring Moses in, and I don't honestly think they're going to trade Mike McGlinchey. I think they're going to stick with him uh, and see what happens. There's more likely of Mike McGlinchey being extended and then lowering the cap number, the cap hit this year, I believe, than him being traded and dealt away. The question is, when they make the extension, is that money going to go up to 15, 16, 17 million dollars per year? Um, uh, You know, as the going rate for right tackles go up and the extension with Mike McGlinchey might look the same way. Uh, you know, and you don't really want to get to the situation where you don't have him under contract for next year and have to bring him in because you're not going to franchise him where you're going to have to pay him outrageous amounts of money. But you know you have to have that franchise tag as well just in case you can't get Debo Samuel under contract. Uh, that That is accurate, Ant. And I know that may scare some folk, but hey, you you got be, to be ready for every and anything, Ant. You, you really have to. Uh, but speaking of... Another New York Jet, Anton, a guy that we should discuss and talk about. I brought him up a little bit ago. Dan Feeney was a guard for the New York Jets, started uh, this season for them. Um, scheme fit guy. 
played in the scheme. Did some positive things. Did some negative things. $3.5 million. Would you bring this guy in as a depth piece or as a guy who can come in and compete? Uh, I think if you're bringing in a guy that can compete, he's a possibility. Because like you said, he's played in the system last year. Uh, he played for Mike LaFleur. So if you're playing in that system, you understand what the Fortnite are trying to do. A lot of the terminology and those things are going to be the same. Uh, the question I would have is, why would you pay $3.5 million to Dan Feeney if you could pay Tom Compton $2 million? Uh, Compton also understands the system and is a Kyle Shanahan guy. And can play both tackle and guard. Yeah, so, I mean, he has a lot more flexibility. So that's when you look over at Tom Compton, you're like, you just have more value to this team because, to me, versatility means a lot for the 49ers offensive line. You're not wrong. It, it truly does. And this is what the next question I was going to ask you is, is because of his, his flexibility, right? Because of the ways Compton and guys like Brunskill help this align, is that the bar? Like, is, is that who these guys are getting compared to? Not necessarily what you do necessarily on the field, but what you add to this room overall, because they are going to get a guy like Skule back as well, coming off the injury, that's going to be available, that has flexibility as well. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that I think Brunskill and Compton are actually high priorities for the 49ers. I think they'd like to bring both of them back. They're cheap options, yeah. and you know what they can do in the system. Well, and there's the potential, right? If yep. you lose Lincoln Tomlinson, um, it might not be what everyone wants to hear, but those two guys could step right in and start at your left guard and right guard. Uh, and Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks, if they're not ready, those two guys are your backups. Moore is your swing tackle. It might not be what everyone wants to hear, but those are definitely fallback plans the 49ers could have in place. Because both of those guys have proven that they can do it at the NFL level. Is it at the level that you would like? No. Um, will Trey Lance at times be under pressure? Absolutely. Will they be good at run at running the football? Yes, they will. Because Compton and Daniel Brunskill can do that well. And you that you got to keep Brunskill because you have the flexibility of him playing in the position. But um, I think you're right with Skuel coming back. You would have you know those guys. So I think Compton uh, and and Daniel Brunskill are a priorities for the 49ers. And that's going to scare some 49er fans. I think that truly is going to freak some people out and be like, wait, 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 priorities, what? And for some, there's also going to be some that would be like, yeah, Tom Compton needs to be a priority. He should be starting, and he should be starting at right tackle the rest of the way. I have heard people making that hey, argument. I think if you're moving on from Mike McGlinchey uh, for the reason that you want to save, like you're bringing Compton back for 2.5 and you're trading McGlinchey and you're going to have a net savings of $8 million, and that's going to turn into Lake and Tomlinson, um, we can have a conversation about that because then that's a you know, that's a net gain, I think. Uh, I think you do, it depends if you value Mike McGlinchey more than you, you value Lakin Tomlinson, or is it Lakin Tomlinson and Tom Compton for Mike McGlinchey? Uh, if you're looking at that trade-off, it might be worth more having those two guys. It's a tough balance. It really is. It's a tough balance. It's a tough thing to have to consider. Um, but you got to consider all of it, and you got to look at all these guys. And, and in a shocking surprise, Amp, there's a lot of New York Jets offensive linemen available, including Alex Lewis, um, who was a guard for are them on the other side, Opposite of the gentleman we just talked about in Dan Feeney, um, going to be a very cheap option. Um, made eight hundred, I think he made nine hundred and fifty k this past season. Um, his contract was uh, was front loaded, so he got paid a good chunk of his money, almost nine million dollars of his ten, uh, excuse me, eleven million dollar contract in the early portion. Uh, didn't make a whole lot of money. Definitely didn't wow anybody. Um, looking for depth, looking for a guy who understands the scheme, could come in and try and compete and push. Maybe, um, maybe possibility there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's not always about starters. It's about improving depth. You know, and if you're going to lose some guys, you, your your depth is going to become a starter. And if your depth is becoming a starter, then you need to improve behind them. So getting a guy that's familiar with the system and knows what's going on is important, especially if they're cheap. You bring him in, you let him compete with some of your young guys, and you probably are are bringing guys in in the draft as well. So I think a lot of times it's, it's not always just about improving the starters, but improving the backups as well. 
hundred uh, percent. It's definitely about improving your backups. It, it, you want your depth to be there and available and able to have an impact. And speaking of depth and impact and guys you want to see develop in the system. And I mean, the cutback crew is pretty big on Jake Brendel and they were very excited when we brought this guy in. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this season. I think this is probably a possibility. He's going to be a cheap option. That's for sure. Yeah. Being a restricted free agent, the Niners are probably going to have a good opportunity to bring it back. Uh, Jake Brendel was somebody that didn't make the 53 man roster, which surprised a lot of people as the Niners really didn't keep a backup center behind Alex Mack. I think they were just always counting on Daniel Brunskill to fill in in an emergency situation. Accurate. But as the season went on and you had some, some injuries around, around the way, then they had Jake Brendel on the active roster and he was there just in case. Um, I think Brendel's a guy that definitely could be coming back because he can play center and guard. So it gives you flexibility to play the interior. I mean, a lot of times when you play guard, you play center, you play center, you play guard. Um, it's kind of a natural thing. So I think that he's somebody that they would like to bring back. The fact that he's a restricted free agent, I think it makes it a little bit easier. To... Uh, extremely easier to do so because you're able to put whatever tender you'd like on him if you want to put a tender. Um, you're also, you know, not necessarily having to, to over underpay for a guy, especially a guy that's going to be a little bit further down. And this isn't going to be a day one signing, right? Jake no. Brendel, day one, first guy that gets brought in, right? And Jake Brendel, I, I know you're sitting there going, how can you possibly say that seeing as they just signed Keaton Sutherland, uh, you know, from, from the Bengals practice squad? That that That's different. That that was a practice squad, you know, signing a, a guy who was going to be filling out the 90-man roster. This this is a, yeah. potentially a 90-man roster fill out, but a guy who's now been in your system for a couple of years and you think has a better idea of, of what he can do for you for your team going forward a little bit longer term. Well, some of these restricted free agents and exclusive rights free agents might already be taken care of. That's true um, also. Th there's a possibility they get done early. You get them done and you have, you know, that's kind of like your housekeeping sort of thing where you get these guys done and then you know what you got to do around them. So I think it's a possibility, but if not, yeah, it'll linger a little bit. They'll let it, they'll, they'll slow play it. Um, and don't freak out if when the, the you know, when the first wave starts, if it's the, it's the third wave kind of guys that are getting announced for the 49ers. And no reason to panic. Doesn't mean that these guys are the priority moves. It just means they were the easiest ones to work out. Yeah, it was the ones that were, you know, the numbers made the most sense for the Niners. So Niners are could be working on second, you know, second wave guys or even first wave guys. Um, but all the all the while, you know, you have to take care of some of the other housekeeping stuff as well. And speaking of some second and third wave guys, Ant, let's talk about Lucas Patrick, another guy who's a scheme fit guy, came from Green Bay with all the shuffling they had on their own line and starters being out. This guy got an opportunity, get some run in, definitely has an understanding of the system, um, comes from a very similar tree. And uh, but. This guy necessarily hasn't had the, the I wouldn't say he has the he's had the greatest career. He hasn't started a bunch of games, um, but he's been a solid option. He's been on rosters in the league. This guy hasn't not been in Green Bay. He's been in Green Bay. He's been available every season since 2017. Um, has started 34 games of the 73 career games that he's been available for. Um, so this guy's definitely been an option and something that Green Bay has relied on. But the Niners also rely on that as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anytime you started 30 plus games in the NFL. It means you got some ability there. The fact that he ran a similar system under Matt LaFleur means he could translate very nice to your system. You know, he runs the things that you want to do very well. So, yeah, this makes sense. I mean, and, you know, all these guys are looking for opportunities to start. You have a situation where Lakin Tomlinson leaves. You bring him in and you let him compete with, like, Aaron Banks, for instance. Um, and and if, if Banks can't beat him out, then you got a guy that can go in there that's competent that can start. Um, I do think that you would rather have Compton and Brunskill in that sort of situation. 100%. But yeah, you're keeping an eye on these guys because you never know. Uh, somebody with money could come through and offer you know Tom Compton a little bit of cash to go play a tackle or guard somewhere. So you always got to be willing to you know make a move and 
and look around. But this is a guy that makes sense. You got guys for the Jets that make sense. You got guys from the Packers that make sense. Uh, in a surprising move, and guys who play in similar schemes and fits kind of. It kind of makes sense. Well, it's kind of easier to break down the film, right? When you see them doing the same sort of things you do and you know that they can do hey, it. Hey, I've seen that. I've seen that scheme before. Yeah. Hey, I know he's supposed to get second. Oh, he did it. No, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You can look at the blocks that they're making and know that they fit what you do. Um, and they're, you're going to be able to tell. And that, that's a that's a good thing when you're when you're breaking down other players. It just makes sense. Uh, now let's talk about two names, Ant, that not necessarily scheme fits, but guys that you've watched some film on. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen some things of, of these two gentlemen. and. They're going to be fairly cheap options. They're not going to be very, very ridiculously expensive. And uh, they're probably not going to be on Tampa Bay's radar, in all honesty, in terms of bringing back into the fold there. Aaron Stinney and Mason Cole, both guys there uh, coming out of that situation. And uh, Cole, a little bit more of the flexible option. Right? Yeah. He, he, he can play both tackle. He played that at, yeah. in college um, and played some center as well. Yeah, Stenny has also played guard and center. There you go. Um, So both of them. Stenny, a follower of mine on Instagram. So oh. thank you, Aaron Stenny. Uh, but no, Aaron Stenny is a, you know, he's a guy that I think that's a young player that is more flexible than people think. I think he could be a scheme fit playing interior at the guard spot. We said Stenny too. I, I believe it's Steiny. So Mr. Steiny. No, or, it's Stenny. Is it Stenny? It's Stenny. Yeah. Okay. So we, I messed it up the second time. Yeah. It's okay. okay. Well, Stenny, Steiny. Um, I hopefully he's just knocking people on their hiney. That's what I want. But, uh, he, he's, you know, he went in the, for Tampa Bay in their playoff run and yep. Super Bowl run, and he had to go in and have, uh, you know, some big time snaps and play in some big time moments. And he did well. He was serviceable. So he could be looking for an opportunity to go play. And anytime that you've played for Vrabel and then you go play for Tampa Bay, you got to feel confident about his blocking ability. So I think this guy is not one of those guys you're like, oh, this is a high price free agent, somebody that's going to come in and start right away. But he is a guy that could help your football team. And if you want somebody to compete for the guard spot, if you want someone to develop as a possible backup center for Alex Mack, He's somebody I like. And with Cole, you're right, versatility. Played tackle at Michigan, um, but he can play center. He can play guard. And I liked his movement skills. I liked how he played and got out on the edge. Um, he ran screens and that sort of thing. He looked very fluid. So these, these, both of these guys are low budget, but could be high reward depending on how they develop in your system. And Minnesota's with the team he was with. He wasn't with Tampa Bay. Cole, he, st yeah. he started with Arizona, got traded to Minnesota this past season um, and started some games for him. Played some some good uh, good snaps there, and like I said, like you said, the flexibility, the versatility with both of those guys is important. And the interesting thing with Cole too, as Ant, is the size. He's six five. He's two hundred eighty five pounds or two hundred ninety eight pounds, excuse me. And you can tell he moves very fluidly. Um, you and I both watched some of the tape, and it's like, yeah, this guy looks like he would fit kind of really well into San Francisco almost immediately. Yeah, he fits the system, definitely. I mean, that's why he was a third-round pick for Arizona. He fit what they were trying to do, and they're kind of rapid-fire, get-after-it-you-know, offense. So this makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. I think he's somebody that you keep on their, keep on your radar. And if you're not able to bring your guys back, you look at these other options. Um, Or if you think that maybe one of these guys are a better option than one of your you know lower-level guys, then you bring him in. So, um, yeah, if Cole came in and you didn't bring back Brindle, I don't think that would surprise me in, in the least. No, not not even a little bit. He's not going to end up costing a whole heck of a lot of money. Neither of the two guys that we just talked about are going to end up costing a whole heck of a lot of money. And both of them are still fairly young in their development. Still have plenty of room for growth and and fit the scheme in terms of versatility. Um, what they can do with movement wise, they're definitely not guys who are uh, stiff and immobile. And they can move around and get up to second level and can be physical. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if this is a direction with either one of those guys. The Niners decide to go. Uh, if Forrester's sitting there going, get me both of them in here right now. Let's do something with them. Or if they're just going to roll with 
more of the norm. Bring back Lincoln. Right. Bring back Brunskill. Bring back Brendel. Yeah, would you be okay if they just ran it back with the same sort of offensive line? Resign Tomlinson, resign Compton, Brunskill, brought back Brendel, um, you know, and just rolled with the same crew. Would you be okay with that? Or do you think there needs to be improvement along that front line? See, there's a there's a part of me, and you know how I am about you need to do some things differently. You have to try and do some things differently. I'm okay with it if you think that banks or more is developing, or if you think that Justin Skill, some way, shape, or form, coming into is going to be coming into his own, coming into the mold next year, and, and having a big impact as well, um, in some way, shape, or form, being able to take some pressure uh, off the O line. Um, is it my first choice? No, but would I hate it? No, I'm not like, going to hate it. Like, let's say I'm just spitballing here. They brought back Lincoln Tomlinson, okay, and then Banks did slide into the right guard spot. Would you be okay with Compton and Brunskill being the guys that come off the bench? Yeah. You'd be feeling really good about that line if, really, if, if if Banks beat out Brunskill. Really good about that old line if Banks beats out Brunskill. Because if Banks beats out Brunskill, for me, that signals a couple of things. Number one, they feel like he's got to he got himself to a point now where the mobility is not a concern and issue, and he can dominate in the run game um, that more more so than Brunskill did, and that he's now ready to handle what you know the Aaron Donalds of the world are going to throw at you there on the interior. One more question. Yeah. Are you worried if Lake and Thompson don't come back? And Tom Compton and Daniel Brunskill are the starting guards next. A little bit. But Brunskill started the whole season last. So your your worry is Tom Compton. Well, I'm worried now that Daniel Brunskill, because I mean we saw listen, we saw what happened against the Rams, right? Um, where Donald basically just goes away from Brunskill and they just keep him away because he, he can't handle it. The problem is is that he's gonna get everyone's best now, I would imagine, most of the time. I mean, it's going to be pick, pick your poison on, yeah. on either side. And so you don't know necessarily where the where the weakness is going to collapse. Early on in the season, Lincoln Tomlinson was a stabilizing force with Trent Williams, where Jimmy basically knew that left side, no one's getting through. It was going to come from your center spot as Alex Mack was getting you know, his chemistry going with the rest of the group and Brunskill. As Mack got his chemistry going with everyone else, the left side of the line, the only time it ever struggled where there was any sort of issue with Tomlinson was when Tomlinson was getting someone's best and a stunt coming as well on top of that or maybe a blitz coming off that side as well um it was still most of the time coming coming from daniel brunskill getting walked back you're gonna tell me there's now a chance that he could get walked back from both sides trey lance could a little scary yeah i, I think it's i think it's a little nerve-wracking i just wonder what's gonna happen with lake and tomlinson i think he's the biggest domino that has to fall if he falls in the 49ers direction i think it does secure that offensive line a little bit more um, but if that money starts creeping up towards $10 million and the 49ers have to make a decision because you know they've put a value on him, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if he's willing to take a hometown discount or if they're disabled you know, to kind of work the salary cap so his number's not so big this year. Uh, but that's a lot of money to pay your offensive line. I know you have to have a good offensive line. Maybe you're paying him this year knowing that you can restructure Alex Mack and that Mack's going to come off the books next year and save you some money. Uh, maybe that's a, another possibility. So I'm sure they're going to try to figure it out. But there's a lot of questions with the 49ers offensive line. Not a, a lot of questions, Ant, and uh, what feels like not a lot of time to get them answered because free agency and the start of it is just around the corner. So cut that crew. Let us know which of these free agents you like the most. Is it Lincoln Tomlinson at all costs? Is it do not touch the Tom Compton and, and by any means, shape, or form? You don't care that Daniel Brunskill is going to be a cheap option and, and, and all that. Just, just not even bother putting a tender on him. Just let him go somewhere else. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section right now. And if we missed anyone that we should have been talking about, we need to be talking about uh, all of these high-priced guys. Why didn't you guys bring up Ryan Jensen? 
Why don't you guys bring up all of these other big name guys? It's because the 49ers are not going to pay 18, 19 million dollars for alignment, but it's it's fine, especially at the center or guard positions. It's just not happening. Uh, but let's have this conversation with you. Let's talk about it. Leave those comments down below. And while you're doing that, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and hit that notification bell. Yeah, I think let us know what you believe this offensive line should look like. What is the best case scenario for this offensive line um, surrounding Trey Lance? And make sure that it's like, actually can happen like it's a possibility um if, if you have a you know a, a number of different ways to make it work like i'm interested to see what people say um because i think there's going to be a lot of thoughts also on how mike mcglinchy fits into that whole thing because mike mcglinchy seems to just always be at the topic of conversation around the offensive line so would you pay him 10.8 million or would you rather trade mike mcglinchy and go ahead and, and keep lake and tomlinson and figure out the right tackle position in the draft i'm curious what people think or are you one of those people and that's now starting to push jimmy garoppolo straight up for quentin nelson no no there's no world where I know, anyone... but i can't believe someone put it out there and was serious about it can't believe that i, I think that. i think every 49er fan ever would do that no one is saying no to that trade except for the indianapolis Colts. the Colts are laughing at that that offer right there. we would rather run it back with carson wentz than give you quentin nelson straight up to jimmy I, yeah i think they were like uh, mitchell trubisky online too mitchell trubisky it's not gonna cost us it's not gonna cost us uh yeah mr quentin nelson Look, we want to hear from you, Cutback Crew. Let us all know down below. And if you're listening on traditional plot, uh, podcast platforms, make sure you leave a nice five-star rating. rating. Hopefully, we've uh, we've earned that. If you've been around this long and are hearing this now, uh, we would appreciate it. It really helps the pod grow. And that's all we're trying to do right now. Grow this community, grow this channel, grow this conversation, and, and uh, get more and more people talking with us about the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, it's one of my favorite things to do. I don't even watch a whole lot of sports besides that, especially because baseball is gone. Thanks a lot, baseball. Way to go, baseball. Um, I don't have a lot to do right now. and I could be getting into spring training and all that good stuff, but no. Uh, but no, it's all about the 49ers, and it's all about this offseason, which is just about to get even crazier than it's already been. I'm excited for all of it. We're excited for all of it. We'll catch you on the next one, Cutback Crew, and until that time, stay safe. Remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.